for the first time in four years. An episode of the Talkin' Buds podcast will not be about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Instead, we are here to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays because this is the Talkin' Buds Blue Jays show. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for checking out our brand new spinoff. I'm Rob. With me, as always, is Ryan. And you're probably wondering who this other guy is. Ladies and gentlemen, would please meet the one and only Mr. Brad Miller, my co-host from the Talkin' Pop podcast and resident Jays superfan. Guys, Brad? how we doing? How we doing? Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Welcome and cheers to everybody who's watching. Right. So, as I said earlier, we're here to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. 10 and 6. Pretty good start to the season thus far. Like there's been some there's been some highs, there's been some things that maybe like Yeah. Like what we're probably not as excited about as a fan base, but overall, I think it's been pretty good. So I'm going to throw it to you first, Ryan. I want you to talk about like what your main takeaway is through the first 16 games here. I think the main thing, and it's just sticking out to everybody in this fan base, is just the ability to win close games. And what was the reason why they didn't make the playoffs last year? Um, was losing close games. There was other factors involved, like not playing at home and and other stuff like that, bad bullpen injuries. But in the end, when you lose out one game to get into a playoff, you just blew one too many games out of your bullpen. And that was my number one concern heading into this season. Everyone was worried about making the lineup better. Well, for me, I didn't want to make the lineup better. Well, I obviously want to make the lineup better, but bullpen (laughs) is important. Pitching is important. Power at the end of your bullpen is important. And so far this season, um, I don't think they've hit as well as they can. They, they're, they're capable of putting up an eight spot on anybody. And I think that with guys like Bo, who haven't been out to a hot start, they've had to rely on what I thought was the weakest part of their team was the bullpen. And so far, they've proven me wrong. There's guys up and down that they can call on who've had a great season so far. And to me, that's a sign of a good team. And that's what I'm most excited about. Brad, your main takeaway thus far. I'm pretty excited across the board, boys. I got to be honest. Like the, the I, I know that the offense has been like a little bit of like a bit of a sluggish start, if you will. But, you know, we were we were we've been talking all this week during all the different series. And we were saying like offense is actually down across baseball, across baseball and, and across baseball. And I don't know for sure. And a lot of people are saying like, don't use this as an excuse, blah, blah, blah. But you know, the shortened spring training and and all this, I do think that this is a factor in the early goings of the season. And so like Ryan said, just to piggyback that a little bit is the fact that the, the starting pitching was something that we were hopeful that looked really good on paper looked, you know, like solid. I think everybody kept saying like, it looks like a really solid starting rotation. But a lot of people were saying, like, I don't really know if there's that traditional number one guy yet. Blah, 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 blah. I don't think they could have done a better job proving people wrong. That starting rotation has looked unbelievable. And Manoa is going to be our guy. Mm. Manoa's our guy. He's a special, special guy, man. He's a special guy. And I, he brings I, the intensity. I love the, that's the thing I love the most about him. Like, I love that he bucks like traditional, 
pitching yes. sort of behavior. Yes. Like they talk about this, like Shulman and, and Tabler were talking about this. Like, you know, most pitchers, like when it's their day, like don't talk to, don't talk That's to me right. all day. I'm, I'm yep. in the zone. I'm not, he is the complete opposite of that. Like he mm-hmm. is talking to everybody. He's rallying the troops. He's fist bumping guys. Like, but he's love him, love him. And he's the type of guy that yeah. like this city falls in love with guys like Alec Manoa. Oh he's yeah. Got big boy confidence. He's got yes. big boy confidence. Dude's rocking six. Like let's like, I mean the, uh, the thing for me in general is just that it's like, you know, everybody keeps talking about these young guys, these young, confident leadership guys like the Vladdy's like the bows and all these, you know, it's one thing to be a good player. I think that that's, you know, obvious that you need things like that, like certain levels of talent on, you know, a World Series hopeful team. But you go back into like any sport. I don't care if it's baseball, hockey, football, basketball. It's that dynamic that you see in the clubhouse and you see in the dugout, you see on the bench, whatever you want to call it, that really kind of shows where a team is going. And a guy like Vladdy that we've seen be that guy that that you know cheerleader for everybody he's always up out of his seat cheering for those guys Bo all those guys Manoa one of you, a, a young stud starting pitcher he's up on that top step with those guys putting the jacket on people he's messing with the guys when he's when it's his day when it's not his day and to me those are the kinds of those intangibles beyond the you know obvious stats and the home runs and the you know the ERAs and things like that this is a really special team that they've got right now. And honestly, I don't know that I've seen something like it in a long, long time here. Well, I'm glad you said that because my main takeaway thus far has been um, the performance of the depth players. The, yeah. you know, Santiago Espinal, um, oh. Zach Collins. Like, yeah. like it's when you're getting production from mm-hmm. the guys who hit later in, in your lineup. Yeah, it's a game changer, man. And it's and, oh. and to have like a, a guy come in who's also as good a second baseman as es- Espinal is, it's <laughs> like, you know, w- when we think about this team, we think about um, the big boys, all the marquee guys, right? Yeah. But realistically, and it like, it's been the guys in the bottom of the order who have been producing just as much as they have, and I think it's it's been oh, yeah. more like Ryan, you said earlier, like the hitting hasn't been. Like the hitting's been fine, but hasn't reached the epic level that everyone is sort of waiting for it to hit. Mm-hmm. But it's it's also been really balanced, right? It's like it's like they're one yeah. through nine is is getting is getting hits. Well, it, it's all the journey. This is the best part about baseball. It's it's the one sport where patience is key. Patience is everything. Guys need mm-hmm. reps. Guys need at bats. To win a division and to go to the playoffs or even win a World Series, it's a journey. And sometimes that journey takes you through hot streaks of where you're getting eight runs a game. You may have right now they're proving with guys hurt that they are consistent with their depth players right now. And that's how mm-hmm. that's how you, you get on a roll. It, it's it's a whole journey. There's different ways of getting to the destination, but you have to stay consistent throughout the entire year. So whether that's your depth guys picking you up, your starting pitching, picking you up, your big boys taking you along. And right now, early in the year with injuries, seeing that the guys they've picked up and the guys who've kind of, you don't see as top hitters leading this team to, to close victories. It's just like, I'm already seeing something that's very good that even if they're not the greatest, they can find their way to stay consistent and win series. And I love it. 
yes, winning series is the yeah. key, and they've done quite a bit of that, especially given their schedule to start the season. You know, like like the the, the insane, yeah. But the importance of these games, these these yeah. divisional games at the start, because you know, baseball is also famous for it's April. Like, like it's April. Like, like that's, you hear that all the time in baseball, but it's like, no, like they've, they've already played the Yankees. They've all like, they just were at Fenway and then went to Houston. Now they're, now they're coming home to, for a four gamer against the Red Sox, followed by another three gamer against the Astros, followed by another three gamer against the Yankees. Like this has got to be the toughest start to a season. Any team has ever been. I don't. Yeah, I, I would love to know who actually cuts the schedule. Cause like, what what happened? Like, what happened there? Like, uh, it's it's weird to me, especially this year too, because we also know that this is going to be an expanded playoff picture. So it's interesting to me seeing that you've front loaded this team with, and they quite honestly, they all are because they're all. It seems like the same three teams are playing other World Series contending teams in April. And then there's just going to be this stretch of like the Orioles. Like, I don't, I don't know why they did that. Like, that's the thing that they keep talking about on all of these MLB shows or whatever. It's just like, you know, they've got a tough start, but don't worry because like May and June is just Baltimore pretty much. And it's like, well, why wouldn't you spread it out? Uh, like, I don't understand. I just don't understand what the logic was there, but I think we all were kind of doing like a collective, like, let's see how this goes. Cause yeah. we weren't really, we, there were so many new pieces this year and the pressure was on. Let's be honest. They've got a target on their back this year. And I'm seeing a lot of confidence, number one, and producing when other people are down. Like, like I, the best example to me of just like how it set the table for the whole season so far was the opener. Mm. That was, that could have been such a, a moment where everybody just went, oh, see, see, the pressure was on, and look what happened. Barrios had a horrible start. Oh, I, that was, is- I was in the building, man. I saw yep. it with my own eyes. And listen, I- I'm not one of those people that just goes, it's over. Obviously, it's a 162-game season, and that's not who Barrios is or who he's going to be long-term. But it's still, it's like you want that first game to at least be close. Even if you end up losing, if it's a good game, like you kind of go, look, it's baseball. It happens. But for him to fall off that hard and for that offense to pick them up. It was a good sort of omen. Yeah. It was a fantastic omen. And then you've been getting it in different areas too. So where, you know, maybe now the offense has been puttering around a little bit. Some of these guys have just been stepping up. Like Kikuchi's been having some solid starts. Yeah. Obviously, lots again, of, like I said, lots Manoa, of one run Osmond. ball games too. Lots of one-run ball games, yeah. And Ryan just said it. Like, that is so important because you are going to be seeing that when it's playoff time. Hmm. When playoff time comes, you are getting the heavy hitters at all times because it's win or go home in a lot of cases. And and you mentioned the schedule. It's The fact that it's so tough right away, if you can walk out of this tough stretch that you have and and you're still kind of at the top or within a game of – that ALE top spot like that. That's all you can really ask for to start the season. Like no matter how they do it, if you just look at the record, if they can stay consistent and, and keep doing what they're doing through this tough stretch, then they have to find their little 
times to go on their nine game heaters to build a kind of a lead in this division. Yeah. Like so, what widen that lead out. Yeah. Yeah. And g- given, given the fact that they're playing all these tough teams up front, I think it like, it lends itself to going on a run at some point in June or July. Oh, all absolutely. right. We're going to debut a weekly segment here on the talking buds, blue Jay show that, neither of you know is coming. So especially you, cause this is, <laughs> this is this segment is going to feature Ryan. So every week we're going to look at Ryan and we're going to say, Ryan, talk to me about the bullpen. <laughs> and Ryan is going to talk about who my, he likes coming my, out of the bullpen, who he doesn't like, like, how do you feel about Jordan Romano getting walked off today by the Astros? Does that concern you? Like, so Ryan, talk to me about the bullpen. Let's hear it. Uh, well, I think, well, if you start with Romano, it's, I mean, with that extra innings with the guy on second base, like that, it's tough. It, it's a tough, it's not real baseball. I, I don't mind it no. because it speeds the game up, but it's it's not real baseball. When you're on a 30, 30 game consecutive save streak, like it's going to come to an end. It's coming to an end. And I didn't mind that it was, it was tonight or today. I, it, it did really didn't bother me, but I think no. when you look at, the Blue Jays pass and you look at those years, those 22 years where they didn't make the playoffs. Like Ugh. what, what closers <laughs> did they really have? You know, like it's, it's EJ such an, Ryan Batista. A, Remember him? Yes. Ugh. We could just Ugh. sit here and rhyme through <laughs> all these days. Poor guy. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's a spot where the Jays can't earn a position to go out and, and get it a Raldis Chapman. So it's got to come within. So the fact that they go scoop up Romano a local kid. I think they got him from the Brewers or, or, or the Indians or or the Guardians, I should say. Yeah. And, and the fact that he comes in and he does my favorite thing in the entire world, throws 97 plus with a disgusting breaking ball. Yep. Like that's if you have that piece at the top of your bullpen, then you're good and you can start working down. The thing mm-hmm. that drove me crazy about their bullpen last year, even though it wasn't really fair because they did suffer a lot of injuries, was just the guys coming out. And they're like they're throwing ninety three, and this era of baseball velocity is everything. And it seemed like every single time they lose a close game to the Yankees or the Rays or even the Red Sox, they're they're, they're trotting some guy out there who's six foot seven who throws a hundred mile an hour sinker with a disgusting breaking ball. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. how do these guys have these dudes, and we have Rafael Dolis? Like I, I just, like, <laughs> you know, like and yeah. So you bring in a Jimmy Garcia who who isn't exactly a fireballer, but has electric stuff. But pitches, he exactly. Pitches. He's yeah. very good. And then yeah. all of a sudden, David Phelps is healthy. He doesn't throw very hard, but he throws strikes. And then you have Trevor Richards, kind of kind of whatever. They're not all going to pitch this good the entire year. Someone's going to fall down eventually. But yeah. I I just liked how they've kind of put more emphasis on trying to find more electric arms other than Adam Simber, who is just electric in a different way. Dude, but, I absolutely love him. Yeah. Oh, I could watch that guy pitch. And yes, it's because he's got the, the, the wacky delivery. The submariner but, as the old yeah, boys say. He just like, I just love the way he, he operates out on the mound too. It's not necessarily yeah. about his delivery. So who, who like you talked about Romano, Who's someone from the bullpen that you're just like, I, I can't, I don't, I don't want to see this guy when he's coming out of the bullpen. I'm like, well, I got a little nervous when they brought in Baraki uh, yesterday when yeah. they, they brought him in for the one hitter to end the inning. And it's the first time Baraki's coming in to pitch this season. And I mean, he's got good stuff, but dude, this guy hasn't thrown a strike in two years and, and hasn't been healthy. <laughs> and I was pretty worried. 
And he came in, dude, the guy was throwing 97 two seamers at, at the knees to lefties. And, mm-hmm. and that, that, that's what you want to see. I think Julian Merriweather's had the toughest start to the season. Um, he's yeah. got to stay healthy, but all in all, man, like I, one guy I just cannot stand watching is Trent Thornton. There's just something about his delivery, his, his stuff. It's just boring. It looks like he needs Tommy John every time he throws, but dude, the guy, <laughs> the guy's been pretty good the entire year. You know, when, when yeah. Trent Thornton has a one ERA through eight appearances, like, Things are going pretty well down there. So, exactly. yeah, I think right now Montoyo, obviously he has the high leverage guys, Romano, Garcia. But other than that, I think right now he could pretty much look down the entire pen and be somewhat confident bringing anybody in to throw a strike for them. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to table with you guys as we as we get closer to wrapping this week's episode up. How do we feel about Hunjin Ryu? Uh, like, I know he's on the he's on the IL now and but this is a trend that is carried over from last year and they're paying this guy a lot of money. Um, good news is he, they don't need him to be a top three guy. I think that like, but they yeah. need him to be better than what he's been. So like how concerned are we about Hunjin Ryu? You know, I'm not, I- the guy's a veteran pitcher, and he's been in this game a long time. He knows if he's struggling in, in some area or another. He's going to take the time and work with Pete or, or whoever he's got to work with, uh, whether it be like, you know, a little bit of physical therapy on his arm, whatever whatever it needs to be done. But he's he's still got stuff. And this is where I'm always kind of get into discussions with people. And, and to Ryan's point about, you know, you got a lot of these pitchers coming up throwing – a hundred on the black nowadays, but it's like with movement. But the thing for me is that it's like, I I just think traditional good old fashioned pitching gets discounted now, like to a blasphemous level in some cases, because it's like, you don't, you don't have to throw that way in order to get guys out. If you can locate and you can mix, which is where I think Ryu is at. That's where he is in his career. Now he can be that guy. Like and he when he totally, is, he's disgusting. Like when he, he is, is on, exactly. he's gross. He's a exactly. He's, he's a, a unbelievable to watch when he's doing that. Exactly, and and I really don't see this being like some sort of fall off the cliff moment between last year and this year, because he was still solid last year and then ended on kind of a sour note. But like as far as this year is concerned, again, like the excuses will end at a certain point as far as like a, a shortened spring and all that. But, like, again, he is that older guy now. He's that older guy in the rotation. Yeah, he probably needed a few extra, you know, goes around in, in spring training. He didn't get them. And, unfortunately, now we're seeing some of the ramifications of that as the regular season has started. So, I, I'm not overly concerned. Not yet. I think if we get into, like, late May, even early June, and we're, we're seeing it's April. some like, it's April, it's April. Yeah. Exactly. It's but it April. is, but in this case, because the rest of the team is doing so well, I think you've got some leeway, which is nice. I think if this had gone a different direction and Ryu was struggling on top of it, you know, you might be getting a little bit more rumblings of panic and you might be seeing the Jays trying to do something. Yeah, I think I you just hit the what, nail on the nail. Yeah, you just hit the nail on the head there. It's yeah. it's the fact that everybody right now is is pitching at a pretty decent level, and and they, yeah. they don't need him to be their number one like he no. was during that shortened season. You know, so Correct. I think you just hit the nail on the head on that one. Yeah. So last thing this week, 
um, we mentioned earlier, we're heading into a four gamer against the Boston Red Sox, followed by another three gamer home against the Houston Astros. What's the one thing that you're looking for this week that you're saying like this has to get right this week? Take a moment and think about it. I'd like to see a little bit more consistency from Bo at the plate. Yeah, I think everybody's kind of looking at Bo right now. That's, but he's he's good, man. He's a good hitter. He's gonna figure it out. But if you're if you're just to look at something, then it's it's him. But um, it's not like he's not gonna figure it out. The guy is insanely talented at the plate. You'll you'll figure it out. Yes, that's not for a second. Am I suggesting Mm -hmm. that like Bo's no good? It's just he's clearly hasn't had the start to the season he's wanted. You can kind of see it on him. Like you can see his frustration at times. So that's my that's my thing that I'm watching for. Yeah, I don't want to keep echoing, but I think that everybody's kind of on the same page now because I really don't. There's really nothing to like overly nitpick right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because again, everybody always says like, oh, the best like. You know, there are certain sports that it's like, yes, those better teams should almost always beat those lower tier teams. Baseball has a lot of moving parts to it because a lot of it rests on the shoulders of like how the starting pitching did that day or like how how healthy is the whole team? Like, you know what I mean? Where the lineup is, how the wind is blowing that day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, depending upon where your hitting lineup is, like you have a lot of lefties. Is the wind going that way? That might affect the ball game. So there's just there's so many outside factors that affect baseball and, and outcomes of series. And that's why we also talked about the fact that winning series is important. I don't expect sweeps every single time. And when when te- when your team loses a game, it's kind of like, yeah, well, OK, that's fine. Are they winning the series? Are they being consistent? And if you're going to have a guy struggle on your team that you are kind of like a little worried about, like we are with Bo, you want it to be a Bo. Or a Vladdy or somebody, because you know they're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like if a Zach Collins or an Espinal or somebody like that was like really sluggish out of the gate, you're kind of going, oh boy, like how's how's he gonna how's he gonna figure this out? Because it's not as not necessarily simple, but it's not going to be as seamless to kind of slowly watch him come out of that necessarily. Where when you have that sort of eye and you have that sort of bat speed and everything else, like a bow and a Vladdy, etc. He's going to come out of it. You just know he is because he's also protected by Springer in front and Vladdy behind. They have to pitch to him. They almost yeah, certainly yeah. have to pitch to him. So that I, he's going to come out of it. And Boba that's the one Shed, thing I'm looking for. Boba Shed is just a real life video game at bat. Like he, yeah. he hits like I do in yeah. MLB the show. You yeah. swing at everything and you're down 0-2. And then you just... <laughs> continually press a until you make contact like that. That's, that's right. the, that's Boba Shett's, um approach to the plate. And he is so damn good that he gets down O2 and he still finds a way to fight off. He'll battle endless he'll, pitches. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's just a super talented dude. And I think he'll figure it out, sure. but I think going into these next series, I just trying to think of one thing. It's like, maybe you would like them to string together like an inning where they just put like a seven spot on somebody, but Man, I, I don't think you could ask for a better start than what they've had. Like, it's just yeah. You, other than yeah. guys getting going down hurt, which kind of sucks because you want to see the full lineup in, but that's baseball. But I, I think you couldn't ask for a better start. You, there's things that you want more of, but yet they're they're tied for the top of the division. And they've had a damn good start. So I, I think yeah. you just continue the way they're going right now and – We'll, continue we'll, that's what i want to see yeah, exactly. i want to see them continue what they're yeah. doing yeah yeah exactly yeah. just keep being consistent just keep playing consistent baseball like that's all anyone wants to see and if they keep yep. doing that then they're, they're fine run our way boys and i think that is a perfect way to end 
the inaugural episode of the Talkin' Buds Blue Jay show, The Maiden Voyage. We did it. Yes. Thanks, everybody, for checking it out. We will be back weekly to discuss the Blue Jays. Make sure you keep it locked here on the Talking Buds YouTube channel. Ryan and I will be back in studio tomorrow night to discuss the Toronto Maple Leafs. We are one week away from the start of the postseason, the moment that everyone in Leafs Nation has been waiting for, so we will have plenty to say. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be listening to you, boys. Go, yeah, go, I'll be baby. watching. We're gonna, so we're, let's see how it goes. Let's we'll see how it goes. Plenty to say about that, but we'll, we're here to talk about the Blue Jays, yes. and I'm really stoked about it. This was really awesome. Brad, thanks for joining and coming for, on this journey with us this year, buddy. Thanks for bringing me on, boys. I'm excited. No, it's going to be a hell no. of a season. I'm so, I'm so jacked. I'm so jacked. I got the goosies about this team, man. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for checking us out. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Also, if you're listening to the audio version of this show, leave a five-star review. Hit that follow button. Every little bit helps. We really appreciate it. Again, Ryan and I will be back tomorrow night to discuss the Toronto Maple Leafs, so keep it locked. Hit that subscribe button. Don't miss it. See you guys next time. Bye, guys. Come on, let's go to the blue hotel I wanna live at the blue hotel the podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open minded the pleasure seeker it's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests. The Blue Hotel Hotline at every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.